And welcome to another edition of Across the County. I'm Noah. Thank you so much for joining me. Well, we have a pretty dynamic discussion that's been weeks in the making right here on the show. And I have to tell you, two of my favorite people taking part of this, Rick Elkin. He is the unabashed super spreader of Americanism. That's what he calls himself. That's what I love. That's what we're calling him. And he is also author of The Illusion of Knowledge, Why So Many Educated Americans Embrace Marxism. Rick, welcome back to the show, my friend. Thank you, Noah. Always enjoy it. And also on the show, Marina Hoffman, Dr. Marina Hoffman. She's an award-winning scholar with fresh insights, which is why we like her here on the show. And she teaches at Palm Beach Atlantic University. And she's published in Biblical Studies, Theology, Psychology, Trauma, Education, Ministry, and Ethics. And she's also written a tremendous book, Women in the Bible, Small Group Bible Study. You should check that out. Marina, welcome back to Across the County. Thanks so much, Noah. It's a really great topic tonight. Thanks for having me. It really is. And the three of us have a heart for children. Uh, we're, we're parents, and we see where our nation is headed, what they're trying to do with our kids. One is kind of neglecting them. Two, there's a lot of abuse going on. And both of those areas are going to pretty much encompass the entire discussion of today. And I thought a really good place to start, which was actually brought up by Rick, we were having an off-air discussion is actually the elections right here in the U.S., uh, Dr. Hoffman. What went on with our elections in Virginia? They came out, one of the candidates came out and said that parents have no rights to determine how we want our children educated. And that led a fire, a huge fire, under the parents that lived in Virginia. And I think this is actually eventually going to have national implications. So what happened? The parents got out there. They voted and they voted him out of office. And Yunkin actually, to my surprise and to Rick's surprise, was able to become the new governor of Virginia. And now, hopefully, we're starting to see a pushback by the parents standing up for their kids to get us back headed in the right direction. Rick, what are your thoughts on this? Well, you know, my book, um, The Illusion of Knowledge, is based on the whole theory that um, our schools are full of left-leaning uh, professors and teachers and the curricula for the last 30 years or even longer has really gone left. It's gone godless. It's gone, um, you know, state oriented and that the children are, are the children that go to school are coming out now as adults. And they are some of these uh, people that are running for office and getting elected to office. And they have this attitude that the state um, can raise children better than the parents. And that's what Terry McAuliffe, the former governor of virginia said and i think he he was emboldened to say that because i think we're in an era right now where a lot of these um i call them progressives um you know feel like they are in charge and so he was willing to reveal what they previously would not reveal and that is that he thinks parents should back off and let the progressive the smarter people in the room raise our children and that just got under the the skin of of what i call bear mamas mama bears that said whoa 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 who do you think you are and so i think this is a turning point and as you mentioned i think it lit a fire it's a prairie fire i think it's gonna you know they always say all politics are local and and that's the kind of local issue that gets people out and gets them to go to these school board meetings and confront these arrogant people who think they're smarter than the rest of us and that we should all just sit down and shut up and let them raise our children. So now we have children 
as the national, um, uh, you know, issue. And, and it's going to be interesting to see how all of these different elections in 2022 start to revolve around children instead of around, you know, tax cuts and, and this and that and all the other stuff that we're all sick and tired of hearing about because no matter what we who we elect or who talks about it, none of it ever gets done. But the one thing we can do is determine who raises our kids, who influences our kids, and what our schools do in that regard and I think this is a huge motivational factor. And if there's anything I can be positive about in the next election, that's it. I agree 100% there, Rick. And because of the fact, I think that the the Democrats, excuse me, are going to double down. They're going to say, OK, well, we lost in Virginia. But you know what? We still want to be able to teach these children what we want to teach them or which is propaganda to be honest about that. They're not going to give up their grip on America that they think that they have. I don't think it's as tight as they would believe. And it's starting to lose its grip, so to speak. And Dr. Hoffman is a parent, and I believe her child, her daughter, is three years old. Tell us, even seeing these elections in the U.S., how maybe this fills you with hope? Here in Florida, wow, is it ever inspiring when people talk about freedom. They're very serious, and it's the hill they'll die on, Noah. And in this discussion, I think also a shout out to the fathers, the fathers in Louisiana. I mean, how hard is it? I don't know. It kind of seems impossible and so simple at the same time. Roughly 40 fathers gathering to take turns at the high school to monitor the halls. Hmm. What an impact they're making as well. And to see parents across the nation realize the potential and power they have. They don't have any authority they don't have a role in government and yet they're finding their voice they're finding their position and they're able to make a difference in society it's a very powerful story and i hope it's one we can all jump in on and say first of all i can do it hopefully they give us confidence and second of all i think it should inspire us to think beyond what we always do in the same old right like the fathers who say hey why am i leaving it to everyone else i can go and make a difference literally i can monitor the halls so thinking outside the box and then having the courage to act. Right here and across the county, Noah with Rick Elkin and Dr. Marina Hoffman. And let's start with what I think everything that's going on with these vaccines that are now being pushed on our kids as well. I think that's the next logical step. It's cognitive warfare. I mean, they're scaring our kids, basically giving them the thought that if they don't get these vaccines and telling the parents this as well, that they're going to, they're going to catch COVID. They're going to die. When studies have shown they don't get it overall, they don't get it unless there's any underlying condition and they also don't give it. And this is something that I think it's just more of their grip of power where they want to make sure that everybody I say from womb to tomb has these vaccines in their body. You know, I think this is one of the most um, frightening things I've seen recently was an ad for, uh, I think, I want to say it was um, uh, CDC put out with Big Bird telling children they need to be vaccinated. I saw that. Um, you know, how much more blatant can you get with propaganda? And now they're using it on children. I mean, this scares me. I, I can't believe that grown adults in the media feel that this is okay that they should aim their advertising and their propaganda 
towards small children that are watching, you know, Big Bird and these cartoon characters. And I saw another one where they were telling them that, you know, superheroes are vaccinated and that by being vaccinated, they're a superhero. Um, you know, we, we have to put a stop to this. This is this is completely over the top. And and it and it goes back to what I've my theory in my book is that the media is acting like an abusive partner in a sexual abuse situation. They are literally gaslighting us. And now they're doing it to the children, too. So it's like if you have if you're a single woman and you have a child and you get into a relationship with a man and that man starts to manipulate you and steal your identity. And not only that, but he's doing it to your children, too. This is the relationship that we have with the media and with these big pharma and these people that seem to think that we can solve all of our problems by injecting some unknown new, uh, you know, gene therapy into our bodies and everything is going to be okay. And it's wrong, you know, especially when the children have a 99.9999999% chance, even if they do get it, they're going to be okay. It's absolutely ridiculous. They're using them as pawns to get the parents to do it. Exactly. And, you, you know, and I, and I know people out there, I'm not going to name names, but I know people in my circle that have pretty much, to get their kids on board with the vaccine, have bribed them so that they think it's okay. And then the kids are all, well, I get stuff out of it. Yeah, let's get the vaccine. That is not okay. Yeah, and this makes them feel like they're part of a club or a group or, you know, a fraternity or something like that. Um, so this is group psychology, and that's propaganda. And that's why I think it's cognitive warfare, Rick. I totally agree. That's exactly what it is. Dr. Hoppin, what do you think about this? Because uh, you and I have some discussions off the air and it just seems like it's hot and heavy with trying to get this over on our kids in every way, shape, and form. Hey, you want to get rid of the fear? Take the vaccine. Yeah, you know what? And we all know it's not just the vaccine. It's many issues. We could talk all night about how many issues there are, that there's propaganda and there's this desire to control society and to use children. So, Noah, I face this as my own three-year-old already, and it's something I thought about since the moment I found I was going to have a child. How am I going to direct her in the way I want her to go? And, Noah, for your listeners, that would be a Christian faith and a godliness that can reflect the fruits of the Spirit, a kind and good person. So, Noah, what I've worked through in my life is I need to be so strong in myself and to know what I value and to make that the center of my life, not to base my life on the values of everyone around me whose worldview I don't even agree with, and then to impart that into my daughter so that godly values become her center. And then not just to leave her alone at the age of three, but to sit with her when she watches TV. And I say that sarcastically, Noah, because she's not allowed to watch TV, but she does watch a few select movies. But then even then, some of the old movies she can watch, like Bambi, I have to sit with her. What's going on? Ask her questions. Talk to her about it. Listen to her. And even at the age of one and two and three and on, we can teach them the skills they need and the tools to become thinking people. And I think that sets them on the right path. I'll ask you also, Dr. Hoffman, Rick and I had a conversation. It was tremendous. I believe you heard it. And we really talked about the negligence of the media reporting child abuse that's actually going on in society. 
And I don't know if you think there's a particular reason for that, but I'd like your thoughts about why this is not covered. It, they should be mainstream stories each and every day. And you don't see it with the exception of a few personalities. I'm not going to say stations, but we talked also off the air with those exceptions. Why is this not covered? Our children should matter more than absolutely anything. They do, but Noah, it's almost like there's two groups. I feel this all the time, just living life. There are those parents who are so present and have great desires for their children, and we're the losers because my whole life revolves around Willow. And yes, I have other jobs and I do other things, but she comes first all the time. And if she's in need, nothing else matters. But I feel ostracized all the time. I'm trying to make healthy decisions for her. The scowls I got, thankfully, you know, I'm teaching her the tools, right? So she says to the candy people at Halloween, no, I only eat food in in our house. That's all we do. She's like, I don't know what that is. Thank you, Willow. But you know what? There are so many people in society that have grown so far from children, and it's almost like it's needed in order to fit the mold that they want us to be, which is entirely career-motivated, economics-motivated, to be rich, to consume, to spend, and that's all there is in life, to be dehumanized. Well, children don't factor into that, so no wonder they have no care for the abuse of children. And, of course, for me, that begins even in the womb. A complete disregard for this little life that's growing and we should nourish and have joy and celebrate. And yet they're so easily cast off with a disregard for the pain and suffering of abortion. Yeah, I can't even believe, we're not going to get too much into it, but I think that's another form of child abuse for sure, is the fact that how anybody can possibly see that at the moment of conception, it is just an absolute treasure. And to be able to cast it aside like the life, like the child is nothing, Rick, I can't fathom that. As a father, my, I, I have no idea how I could ever even think about that to make that decision for the kids I already have. You know, one of the things I write about is the abuse of our language. And it really bugs me when I hear people say things that, you know, literally just make no sense and it's often because they're misusing certain words and and so you know they may not even really realize that what they're saying is senseless because they have a different definition of the words and i think we have to be careful about that so i saw a meme the other day that really caught my attention and it was something about um don't say to a woman you know congratulations that you're a mother to be if she's pregnant because no she's a mother right now and we need to get out of this cycle of making these kind of statements like you're a mother to be. No, that's not accurate. She's a mother the minute she's pregnant. That's right. And so this, what we're doing is we're sending a signal that's uh, marginalizing that fetus. And so this, I think this is another turning point that we can talk about maybe at another show, but this abortion issue, unfortunately, abortion has become so divisive that we don't talk about that either because we end up in a fight. You know, Texas passed that amazing law, and I cannot believe, I was like, okay, a win for the good guys. The amount of pushback they got on it almost instantaneously sickened me. Yeah, well, that's because, obviously, pro-abortion people 
um, don't want to humanize that fetus. They can't. Right. And so they're going to use language that doesn't refer to it as a human being and so forth. And I, I find that a lot of those same people marginalize their own children, that they often refer to them as something. And when you hear them talk, you think, God, they're treating them like baggage, like there's something that they have to push aside to walk through the room, that they're just a problem in their lives. They're a burden. And I've seen uh, quite a few politicians say that. And there's some push back to it but there should be a lot and this is so again it comes back to using the language properly and holding people accountable who misuse the language so when they say things like that let's stop them in their tracks and make them back up and make them repeat what they said properly because pregnant women are not mothers to be their mothers right now you want to you know tell that politician who says something like that i need you to confirm that you know, we can't keep going forward in this conversation if you're going to lie about things like that. And, and, and this is just a, one example of many things that we hear politicians and, you know, even in conversations with your next door neighbor and your friends, you know, sometimes it's important to kind of stop them in their tracks and say, well, hold on a minute. No, let's, let's be accurate about this. Not only do words matter, but how you use them matters. I love that. And I've maybe used mother to be so many times in talking with my family and friends, but I'm never using it again. That's an excellent example. Marina, what are your thoughts on what Rick just said? Well, Noah, you know how highly I value life and I'm absolutely have no shame or guilt for saying that my identity is found in being a mom. And if you can find your identity in anything else today, why can't that be my identity? I'm a mom. I love her so much. I see her as the future of the world. Being a parent, my kids are 23 now. They're not children. My identity is still a father and to be the best father I can possibly be. Go ahead, continue. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you. I totally agree. When Willow goes off to university, I'm going to follow her and find a new house and live in the same town. That's how committed I am because I know that I can make such a bigger difference in this world if I raise a child who is willing to stand against the flow to live counterculturally, who is willing to be unique and a leader rather than just a follower. And I think to raise her that way and to believe in her is to give her the gift of real and true life and to give her the, the gift of being human. To me, that's what it means to be human, to be able to be yourself and to connect with others and to connect with God. And I think all the themes that have come up and many more that we've shared in our discussions, it, so much of it revolves around being human. And I think a lot of forces in the world want to strip that away from us. Hmm. They would rather us be in one room or not even living on our own, but be physically together and emotionally completely disconnected as we're all on our own phones doing our own thing. Noah here and across the county and a tremendous interview happening right now with two of my favorite guests, Rick Elkin, author and commentator. Also, he didn't mention it at the beginning of the show, but contributor to the Escondido Times Advocate. He's got amazing op-eds there. I highly suggest you check those out. And Dr. Marina Hoffman, author of Women in the Bible, Small Group Bible Study, and we'll plug her website at the end of the show. I want to mention really quickly, guys, uh, Kathy's Legacy Foundation. They serve children and pets. Pets, too, and I love pets. Who doesn't love pets? Impacted by domestic violence in San Diego County, and they revive hope, restore normalcy, and inspire dreams in the lives of children orphaned by intimate partner violence. And they just recently had their second annual golf tournament. They raised $50,000 
and the the funds are going to be used to help grow their programs, and they they do it once a year. So just hats off to them, and I really hope that they can make more of a difference in our community. Another example of having something local that can make a difference for the kids. Fantastic. I mean, I when I read that, I was like, wow, this fifty thousand dollars is not insignificant. No, that's a and, big you chunk know, of change. Uh, this whole idea that. Um, domestic violence um occurs to not only children and women uh and but pets and one of the things we find is that when we find violent people and often they're men they're sometimes women but more often than that they're men especially in abusive relationships they have a history of abusing their pets and animals so there's sort of a mental attitude there of a disregard for life and so what marina was just saying is so critical and this is one of the major things i try to promote um is the the nuclear family that you know this is the foundation for the human species i don't care how many studies you look at they all come back to the same answer and that is the nuclear family uh if it is allowed to uh, dissolve or or um, you know come apart which is what seems like it's happening in our culture uh it's going to destroy civilization that we need that as a building block so that the children learn the good from bad and they learn to respect their elders and they learn to, you know, what you just said, Marina is really interesting to me because my daughter is now 33 and she's had her three-year-old son. And, and I, I find myself turning to her more and more for advice in life. She is more much more wise than i am and 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 i often feel you know um kind of guilty because i lean on her so much uh so the the roles have reversed and she tells me this all the time you know i leaned on you for most of my life don't feel guilty leaning on me isn't that a great thing that is awesome that's awesome and you can also go check out more about uh, Kathy's Legacy Foundation, kathyslegacy.org, kathyslegacy.org. Uh, Marina, tell us a little bit about, uh, as we wrap up the show today, we still got about six minutes left, but Women in the Bible, Small Group Bible Study. Tell us a little bit about this book and how it, I, I believe, still ties into women out there that are standing up for their children today as women of character and some of these women in the Bible did the exact same thing. Thank you, Noah. Exactly. And these women are such incredible role models. They are not at all bad girls of the Bible. These are young women and older women who saw a need right before them. They were so ordinary, and yet out of the blue, they're challenged, just like we are today, to step up to the plate, and they have to figure out for themselves what they believe in, and will they have the courage to act. And one by one, they are willing to act in sometimes the simplest of ways, even as we were talking earlier, to stand up at a school board meeting or to take your lunch hour and monitor your high school so that the violence drops to zero. These are these very things are just like the, the women in the Bible did, and they accomplished so much. And so often their heart was to protect the next generation and to make sure the next generation would be raised in godliness and carry on their own legacy. So this is why I wrote the book, to encourage women to pick up these stories that maybe they've heard, maybe they haven't, and to develop the skills to understand the Bible and relate it to their own lives. 
And I just I'm so thankful for the feedback that so many women have told me they read these stories and are encouraged themselves to make a difference and to realize that God is with them as they put forth an effort and to be courageous, that God is with them and will help them. If there's any young women listening out there, maybe you feel a little lost, maybe you, you know, you get your, a lot of your information uh, and a lot of your inspiration from either social media or from people that are what are so-called influencers out there. Well, I suggest that you go to womeninthebible.info. You check out a little bit more about the book, Women in the Bible, Small Group Bible Study. You can drastically change your life by having a great example of women that have lived by what God would have them do and tremendously changed their lives for the better. Also, before we end, I know, Rick, you're working on a new book, and Mm -hmm. I want to tease a little bit about that. And I also know that it happens to tie into our discussion today. So what can you share with us? Well, I was hoping to announce that it'd be available today, but my publisher has been out ill for the week, and I haven't heard from him. So um, it isn't yet, but it will be very shortly. Um, it's called for your own good. Well, it's about the, you know, typically all about the culture and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I try to go into what's been going on recently with the COVID and the election. I think there is a parallel between the two. Uh, both of them were being gaslighted to conform to a particular uh, concept of how things should be run. How do we make the trains run on time? And, and basically, it's trying to take the power away from the people and put it with the state. And that's what they're telling us. It's for your own good. And it's not. And so that's what it's about. And, you know, I have a kind of a different style of, of writing. Um, uh, I, don't, I don't do a lot of um, research. <laughs> it's pretty much my opinion. Uh, but I try to justify it. And, and I do a lot of research. But I don't use it to um, lean on. It's more about what I think we need as a culture and where we should be going with our, our nation. And I have a lot of worries about that. And, you know, um, what Marina just said about women of the Bible, I, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm so inspired by that. I think that's just a great idea. What a great um, theme, because who talks about the women of the Bible? It's another one of those things that, you know, if you read the Bible, you realize there's a lot of them in there that are very important to the stories, oh, yeah. to the history of the families, to the generations that went on. And yet they rarely get talked about. And and so you know, I think the whole feminist movement was a reaction to the uh, marginalization of women, which in itself is a noble idea. Unfortunately, it's mutated. And so now we've gotten to the point where women are being taught to try to be more like men, the worst thing they could possibly aspire to. And so I think her idea, and the, and, and not only is it a great theme and, and a very interesting, I'm going to want to read it, um, uh, uh concept but i think it will reach the right market and that's women like you just mentioned that are often getting their influences from all the wrong places right and maybe they're afraid to become religious because their friends are telling them you know that's you know superstition you don't want to go there you know uh having said that if they pick up a book like this it might be a perfect way for them to transition into a more faithful life and if you can do that marina you've accomplished a lot I agree. I agree. And that's why starting off the show with that big win in Virginia, I think, was a great place to start. It's a positive. It's a place to remain hopeful in that, hey, we won this small area of the nation. And if enough people and enough parents stand up, we can take this country back. 
Isn't that what America did? That's right. When it was founded, you know, it was part of a world culture and it wasn't happy. And so we started a new one and we and we basically stood up to the old oligarchs and said, no, 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 no. We think there's a better way. And that's to put the power in the hands of the people. I'm going to ask you both at a bit for about 30 seconds. And I know we're really short on time, but Rick, what do you think is the best way as parents that we can protect our kids in the toxic environment that we're unfortunately finding ourselves in right now in America? When I go around and talk to people about my books, this is the first thing they all ask me. And the answer is get involved. And this is what's happening. People are going to the uh, school board meetings. They're going to their uh, city council. Um, they're doing things on a local level. You have to start locally. All politics are local. If you want to change the world, change your neighborhood. Dr. Hoffman, what do you say? Turn off all your electronics, all of it. Put it in another room. No beeps, no sounds going off, and spend time with your children. Be present in their lives. And Noah, give all your effort to be the kind of person that you want them to be because they're looking up to you. And if you're faithful, they'll become like you. So set a good example and be present. And I'll even say they're looking up to you as an example, whether you know it or not. You might think they're not paying attention, but your young adults, whether they're, you know, preteens, teens, or even slightly above, they're watching and they're, you know, every action that you take as a parent is you know, take it as the most important decision you could make in your life because your children are going to model their behavior off of yours. Absolutely. Well, Noah here and across the county. Guys, thanks so much for stopping in. We have to continue this discussion. We'll go in a little bit of a different, more concentrated effort next time. But there's so much child abuse going on in our nation, and I wanted to get both of your takes on what was going on and some potential solutions that we can do to take our rights as parents back from a nation that thinks that it's their job when it's not. So thank you both. Thanks for having us. Noah here on Across the County, and you can check out more about Rick Elkin. Go to rickelkin.com and check out more about Dr. Marina Hoffman. Go to womeninthebible.info.